Can the church say amen again? Amen. Thank you, Brother Adore. Thank you. Man, what a blessing it is to be in the house of God today. Amen. And Bobby, thank you so much for that heartfelt prayer. You know, I sat as he prayed and led us in that prayer, thinking about those that have made up in their mind that, you know, the sun is out and it's supposed to warm up a little today. They're saying it's more important to cut my grass than to come worship God. It's more important to go out and hang out with unbelievers. It's more important to go out to the golf course than to come out and worship the one true living God. Help us. Help us in our understanding. Help us in our belief that we can do better. This morning, I'd like to direct your attention to Ezekiel 37. A passage of scriptures familiar to so many. But you know, the, what I love about the word of God, it never gets old. It never gets old and it can always find a way to apply to your life. I don't care what age you are, how long you've been living and what you're going through. God has a word for you. In Ezekiel 37, I appreciate Brother Cowrie reading, talking about the valley of dry bones. The vision that the prophet Ezekiel received and something great happened in this valley, which is a strong message unto us today. Verse number one, it said, a hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of dry bones and caused me to pass by them round about to take a good look. And behold, there were many. There were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. They had no life in them, folks. They had no life in them. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Notice he didn't say, take a drink of Gatorade. Have a bite to eat. All ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. What's so important about that? Because it is the word of God Amen. that gives life. Amen. 
Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. And ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you. Sinew is is a fibrous or, or tough tissue that bind muscles and ligaments and all of those tissues together. He said, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you. I will give you a covering. I will will make you whole and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel says, so I prophesy as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Oh, I love it, folks. I love it. You all get excited about this. And what I love about Ezekiel, Ezekiel said, I prophesy. What was the job of the prophet? To speak what the Lord commands him to say. So the Lord told Ezekiel, this is what I want you to say unto these dry bones. And Ezekiel said, so I prophesied and commanded. And there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones, something happened, folks. Something happened. It said the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Oh, that's what the word of God would do, folks. It'll stir you up. It'll, it, it'll bring you together. It'll do something to you. It's supposed to. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them. And the skin covered them above. But there was no breath in them. Well, everything appeared to look good, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Ezekiel verse 10 said, so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then said he unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say. Our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves 
and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord God. And when I have opened your graves, all my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. And I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that the Lord has spoken it. And perform it, saith the Lord. Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones came to him. After God had directed him to prophesy the rebirth of Israel. Israel at this time was downtrodden. They had been beaten down. They were in captivity. They had separated themselves from God. And they were at a state of desperation. A state of just giving up. And even at the point of just not believing. God was able to help them anymore. God announced through the prophet. That Israel will be restored to her land and blessing under the leadership of his appointed king David and others as he would bring them up out of their desperate way. But Israel was at a point that they they just didn't believe there was any hope anymore. As impossible as the promise seemed in the eyes of the Israelites. God told the prophet Ezekiel, prophesy unto them. And let them know I'm going to raise them up out of their graves. Out of their spiritual dead condition. God said, there's still hope. There's still hope. I'm going to raise you up. Folks. Israel. Was dead. As a nation. Deprived of her land. Deprived of her king. And her temple. She had been divided and dispersed. For so long. That unification in. Their sight. Was unreal. And the restoration seemed impossible. But God. But God told Israel. God told Ezekiel. You speak to these dry bones. Because that's who this valley of dry bones represented. Israel. In their downtrodden. Separated way. From God. God said. There's hope. God gave Ezekiel that vision and directed him to speak to the bones. Ezekiel was to tell the bones that God would make breath enter into them and they would come to life. And guess what, folks? They did. Ezekiel obeyed. The bones came together. Flesh developed. 
Skin covered the flesh. Breath entered the bodies and they stood up as a vast army. But yet they were still missing something. They were missing the word of God, the, the breath of life in them. And folks, sometimes I wonder what has happened to us. That when the first day of the week roll around, some of us, it's, it's such a struggle. It seemed like it's, it's such a struggle for us to come in here when God has brought us through a week. We've been given a new hope, a new beginning. As Christians, we've been given a new start and a new relationship in Christ Jesus. But there are some bones that still are dry. There are some bones that still don't have the life that they should have in them. There are some bones that just still don't believe in that resurrection power found in Jesus Christ. What was dead in the valley, God made alive. We were dead in our sins, but he quickened us, according to Ephesians chapter 2. He quickened us, made us alive in Jesus Christ that we might have life. We're better than a bunch of dry bones. We're supposed to be. Just like the valley, after receiving flesh and skin to cover the skeletons and having breath breathed into the body, Israel stood without faith and hope. Even though God had their prophet to prophesy and tell them, I will restore you. I'm going to bring you up. Many still did not have the faith to believe. Like many Christians today, after receiving this wonderful gift of salvation, given a new name, a new family, a better covenant, and the forgiveness of sins, our zeal appears to be captured somewhere else other than being about the Father's business. We come here dragging. We come here don't want to sing. We come here rather glorify in our complaints than to glorify how good God has been. We come here talking about how rough it is. We come here Willing to talk about everything except what we should. And that's to glorify God and how good he's been. Something has stolen the joy of Sunday morning away from us. Give me a minute folks. Something has stolen the joy of Sunday morning away from us. Sunday morning is supposed to be a time where we come together and we assemble and get excited and give thanks and sing songs of praise and gladness because of what God has done. Brought us through another week. Fed us good food. Clothed us with nice clothes. Blessed us with things that we're not even deserving of. 
but he blessed us with it anyway. Something has stolen the joy of Sunday morning from us, folks. We're singing songs that we don't even believe that are true in our own lives. We're struggling to focus when we pray. We're more interested in things going on around us than what the preacher is preaching. We're lost, we've lost the thrill of giving. When we look back just over the past week, God has given far more than we'll ever be able to match. And we've lost the thrill of just giving back when we come together on Sunday morning. We've lost the connection during the communion. Let me say that again. We've lost the connection even during communion. For some, communion is just a routine we just run through. Brothers, I just want to say, take your time when you come up here and do communion. Take your time. If you're going to read, read it slow. Put some emphasis on it. Take your time. There's no rush. So many of us, we, we, we just peel the first layer back, pop a piece of unleavened bread in our mouth and, and take the little sip and we're just ready to go home. We haven't gone back to Calvary. We haven't thought about the scourging. We haven't thought about the, the, the crown of thorns planted into his skull. We haven't thought about the nails being driven in his hand. We haven't even considered the nails being driven through his feet. Something that's stolen the joy of Sunday morning from us. Just like Israel had turned into that valley of dry bones, something has stolen the joy of Sunday from many of us. And we just don't even get excited about Sunday anymore. Sunday should be a day. We should be blessed and thankful for every day, but especially on the first day of the week. We should be joyful. We should rejoice evermore. But something has distracted us. We leave worship more dumbfounded and confused instead of being edified and recharged. Something has distracted us to the point that we look more towards the dismissal prayer than anything else in the service. Something has stolen Sunday from us. Jesus spoke and said, where two or three are gathered in his name. He said, I'm in the midst. I'm present. Folks, Jesus is here today. Jesus is here today. And here's my question for you. If it's not a thrill, if it's not exciting to be in the presence of the Lord now, what joy could heaven have? For you to ever want to want to go to heaven. What could possibly be the joy about you ever going to heaven. If being in the presence of the Lord don't excite you now. Amen. 
after all that he gave up, after all that he suffered, after all that he went through, how is it we have allowed something to steal our joy on Sunday? Sundays used to be a time set aside, particularly the day Sunday, to worship. You know what? To worship. I remember back years ago, the stores were closed. Everything was shut down because people gave reverence unto God because it was Sunday. And we want to show our respect to God that it's Sunday. But oh, how times have changed. Times may have changed, folks, but our respect and reverence to God should never change. Sunday, the first day of the week, used to be a day Christians got together and did godly acts of work. Visit the sick and the shut-in and check up on delinquent members and they fellowship together. But, oh, as I said, man, something has distracted us. Something has distracted us. Now, oh, you see, now everybody's just in a rush to go their own way and do their own thing. What has happened? I'll tell you what happened. The golf course is calling. People say they have a tea time. During football season, folks say, I got season tickets and I, I, I got to go to this game that I spent money on. Baby showers and other events and jobs are calling us. Let me say it again. Jobs are calling us. And, it, and it's not mandatory that they're calling. Visiting the parks and cleaning up our cars and riding around. Concerts with our worldly friends and folks. Sporting activities and, and some of us just have antisocial behavior. We just don't want to be bothered with anybody. Amen. Why has God been moved out of our Sundays? What, what, what has happened to the joy of Sunday? Did not God give us life? Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes, And you, had he quickened, made alive through Jesus Christ. Goes on to say that we are supposed to be his workmanship. We are the ones that's supposed to show the joy and the, the, the blessings of being a child of God. What happened to our Sundays? What happened to our Sundays? God took every single one of us here this morning. God took every single one of us out of the valley of dry bones. Because whether we believe it or not and whether we want to admit it, we were dead in our sins. We were dried up without hope. We were dried up without life. And God took us in Made us alive. 
What happened to the joy? What happened to the joy of the, of the rebirth of being born again? What happened to the joy that we had when we came up out of the watery grave of baptism? What happened to that joy that we had knowing that, man, if I die right now, I can go to heaven without a question in my mind. What happened to that joy? What happened to that joy of singing? Singing, making a melody in our heart unto the Lord. What happened? Folks, God is still God. And God is still able to restore life. The question is, you know what? He, he has already done it. The question is, why have we allowed something to distract us or take the joy of Sunday from us? The NFL has continued to do it for many years. Other sporting events have continued to do it for many years. But then sometimes we of our own selves... Have just given the joy of Sunday away. We're so worried about trying to make an impression on the job. We're so, we're so concerned about working, working, working. But you're not working in the vineyard. All God asks is that when we come together upon this first day of the week. That we give him some time and, and reflect and reflect of how good he's been to us. Amen. Has he been good? Yes. He's been good. God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel gave the right answer. He said, oh Lord, thou knowest. Only you know. Because Ezekiel understood it is God who gives life. I'm asking this morning, can these bones live at Locust Grove? Can they live? Sure they can. Sure they can. But we just got to get our focus back. We got to stop allowing other things to distract us. Folks, you, you don't, expect, don't expect the parking lot to be overflowing and the building to be standing room only about the truth when you preach it and when you teach it. And it's sad to say, but it's true. People don't, everybody don't love the truth. But rest assured, Jesus said in John 8, and ye shall know the truth and only the truth. Shall make you free. We got to stand up for what's right. But most important this morning. My message I want to convey. We got to give God his glory. We got to recognize God. And, and give him his glory. For what he has done. And what he's doing. 
in our lives. You can, st- you can sit back and make an assessment of yourself and talk about how hard your life is and how hard the struggle is and everything. Folks, what would it be without God? And if the truth be told, when you look at how hard the struggle is and what you've been through, who brought you through it? It wasn't you. Well, if he brought you this far, why would he stop? But you got to give God what he's due. Stop. Stop focusing on, 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 on how hard and how terrible it is and just thank God on this first day of the week. Man, if, if, if you don't make no noise, no other days of the week, you ought to come up in the house of the Lord and open your mouth and sing. You ought to just make it so easy for the song leader that when he hit the first word, you should be taking it from him. Not to show off, but to show the praise unto God. How blessed you are and how thankful you are that he's been there for you and he has watched over you. If you don't want to make any noise, the Bible said when, when Ezekiel prophesied unto those dry bones, he said, man, that was a noise. That was a noise of something that happened when the word of God was spoken unto those dry bones. That should be a noise among us. When we sing songs of praise, that should be a noise. That, that there should be an electrified feeling among us. There should be a feeling of exhortation among us. If not, why not? It's not because God haven't blessed you. It's not because God haven't forgiven you. It's not that God haven't continued to do the things that he promised he was going to do. Well, if God continues to do all the things he said, why can't we give him his glory? He brought us out of the valley. The Bible said, through that gospel call, he's translated us and brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, folks, if he has brought us into his marvelous light, shouldn't we thank him? Folks, don't don't allow what's going on in the world to distract you. God is looking and waiting to do great things in his church. But you got to give God his glory. Can these bones live? What's the question? The prophet said, Lord, thou knowest. And whatever God breathed into, 
there shall be life. And God put life into us through his son, Jesus Christ. Folks, you may feel run down when you come. But when you leave, at least it, the word of God should at least bring hope and a smile to you. Amen. Can you imagine if somebody stood on the outside as, as we left after service, after dismissal, and they took pictures? And they would probably wonder, what are they mad at? <laughs> Every Sunday they come out just looking mad. I thought church supposed to be a place where people rejoice and be happy. What's the message you're sending? Not to the world. What's the message that you're giving to each other? When was the last time you talked up God's glory and his goodness to your brother or your sister? When was the last time you declared his glory and his goodness to somebody else in the church? Folks, if we can't declare it and talk it to one another, who are we going to declare it to? I'm just simply saying today, give God his glory. Give God his glory. He has life. If you're here today, I don't know what you may be dealing with in your life and I don't know what you may be struggling with in your life but you you ain't struggling with anything or going through anything that somebody else haven't already been through or going through and 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 listen to me listen to me it ain't no top secret it ain't no top secret of whatever it is you might be going through. I don't care what your illness may be. I don't care what your financial issues may be. You know what? If somebody else has been through it. Somebody else is going through it. It's no big secret. We need to understand and realize, you know what? We're in this thing together. Well, I just don't need folks in my business. Well, you need God in your business. And God's way of helping us is through we help one another. So I don't know what you might be struggling with and dealing with in your life. But it's time to give it up. And give it over to God. It's time for you to stop allowing the cares of this life. Whether they be financial. Oh I know folks. Man financial burdens can just. Oh they can weigh you down. And, and just take the joy out of you. If you allow them. But when you do right by God. God has a solution for your financial burdens. But you will never understand it until you trust him. You'll never understand it as it, it would never make sense to you until you have faith. See, everything about finding resolution and peace begins with faith. And if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please God. 
It's time for you to turn it loose. It's time for you to turn it over to God. It's time for you to give God a chance so that you can glorify him and worship him the way you ought to. We sit here and talk about week after week in spirit and in truth. Where is the joy? The Bible said God seeketh those to worship him in that way. He's not seeking any dry bones. He's seeking those that are willing to make the spiritual connection. He's seeking those that want to open their mouth and sing. He's seeking those that want to give him his glory. It's time to give it up, folks. And it's time to give God what he's due. True worship. True worship. You can't worship God in spirit and truth with a heart burdened down with bills. You can't. You got to have faith and trust to, to, to give that over to somebody. To believe and know he will make a way. You got to, you got to release yourself. Casting all your cares upon him. Why? He cared for you. It's time to be real. And come together and worship the way we are to. Take your Sundays back. Sun, sun, Sunday is not a funeral. Some of us have turned it into a funeral. Some of us drag up in here like a funeral uh, procession. Oh, woe is me. We just want to talk about how rough life is. Sunday isn't about talking about how rough life is about you. Sunday is about glorifying God. And if you cast your cares upon them the way you should. You could get away from the funeral procession. And now you can open your mouth and sing praises of adoration. Praises of thanksgiving. Praises of hope of how you believe and how you know he's going to make a way. Take back your first day of the week. Take back Sunday and make it what it's supposed to be. Take back Sunday and make it a rejoiceful time the way it used to be. Give God his glory. Give your life to Christ today. You're here. You haven't obeyed the gospel. You haven't been baptized for the remission of your sin. Today would be a great day to turn it over. Today is the day of your salvation. The Hebrew writer said, the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. This is all you have right now. Because if you choose to go forward beyond today. Without giving Christ the headship of your life. You're only looking for more troubles and more heartache down the road. For us who are Christians and you know what. The joy we used to have we don't have it anymore. You know what it's not God's fault. 
You need to make it up in your mind today and reclaim your joy and take your Sunday back. Take the joy of the first day of the week back. And you need to give it back its meaning. You need to get back into the word of God and look at the promises that have been promised. You need to get back into connecting with the communion. You need to get back connected into the giving. You need to get back connected into the singing. God didn't leave you. You moved from God. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to come back. Is there still power in the, in the death, burial, and resurrection? Yes, it is. Is there still power in the blood? Yes, it is. Well, what changed? You change. And you need to get back on course. You need to come back and claim your Sunday and get back to being focused on God again. What's our song? Thank you, Lord, is our song. Thank you, Lord. And we should all be so thankful. Let us together stand and let us sing.